Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. In our last study, we saw that God's will for each believer's life is their sanctification, and we learned a little about what to avoid to do God's will. While our last study focused on the don't, today on Drawing Near, we will focus on the do. Let's take our Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and study living in sanctification. And as we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord together in prayer. Father in heaven, again we come before you humbly, acknowledging who you are to the best of our ability, and who we are in your presence before you. We are sinners, saved by grace, your grace, grace expressed through Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You sought us, you purchased us, and Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for the faith you birthed in our hearts that we might believe and know the truth. We ask, Father, that you would guide us now, not only into salvation, but into sanctification. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's begin our study by reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9. It says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Now that's an interesting beginning, because in the previous passage, evidently Paul had a need to write to them about sexual immorality, and we talked about that at great length. But concerning brotherly love, he doesn't really need to write about. He doesn't need to give them the particulars regarding brotherly love because they've already been taught by God to love one another. It says in verse 10, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. Huh, that's important. These people needed to learn about sexual immorality, maybe in the church, maybe dealing with that, but they were already practicing at a high level brotherly love love for the brethren. I think that's an amazing thing to consider, because we might be able to love very, very well, be generous and hospitable and caring and attentive, and and yet there could be glaring sin in our midst, if not in our lives. If that's what Paul implies here, that's something to pay attention to. Sometimes I think if we're so loving then everything else must be in place. But that may not be the case, and we ought to consider it. But moving on from there, notice what Paul does say about concerning brotherly love. At the end of verse 10, he says, But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Even here, there was room for growth. There was room for increase. Again, we've said this before, we'll say it again. We are not done growing in this life, in anything. We can become more pure, more holy, more loving, more giving. We can bear the fruits of the Spirit more and more and more. And we are to abound more and more, and we are to increase more and more. And we need to know that. We need to understand the tenets of brotherly love, and we need to press on with it. We can learn the basics of brotherly love from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, but also from the life of Christ, how he treated and interacted with people. 
and God through his Holy Spirit, obviously in this passage, because God had taught the Thessalonians, God in his Holy Spirit can teach us in our own hearts and lives how to love one another and how to grow in that love. He also says, going on into verse 11, and that you also aspire to lead a quiet life. We were told in the last passage what to avoid. Here we're told what to aspire to. And we are to aspire to lead a quiet life. I doubt that any of us would have that on the top of our list as our aspirations. Lead a quiet life. Don't cause trouble. Don't stir things up. Now, I don't think he's saying avoid the gospel. I think he's saying live quietly, peaceably with one another. We're told in another letter that as much as is in you, live in peace with all men. I think that's akin to this. Aspire to lead a quiet life. And then we're to mind our own business. That's what he says next. I think that's huge. I think people have a lot of trouble with that. They look at others, they see what is going on in other people's lives, and they have opinions. They have judgments. They think they know what everybody else ought to be doing about everything. And that's not right. That's being a busybody, and God hates that. We're to mind our own business. And part of that is leading a quiet life. Just focus on your own business, lead a quiet life, live the gospel of Jesus Christ, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and mind your own business. Paul tells us in another letter that we are not to be the master of another person's servant. And God is the master over everyone, not us. And so we need to mind our own business. We need to lead a quiet life. And then he says, and to work with your own hands. There's some thought that some people in Thessalonica were so focused on Jesus Christ's return that they were living off of other people while they were just basically sitting out waiting for Jesus Christ's return, and so they weren't doing anything. They were living Christian lives, but they were not being productive. And that may be an allusion to that here, to work with your own hands. In other words, work. Be busy. Mind your own business, but be busy with your business. Work with your own hands. Provide for yourselves. And Paul says, as we commanded you. So Paul had already told them about leading a quiet life and minding their own business and working with their own hands. He had commanded them, given them commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ regarding these things. That language should cause us to perk up and pay attention. And then he concludes with verse 12, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, so that you may walk properly toward those who are lost. When the lost people look at your life, they should not see a whirlwind of needless activity, people butting into one another's business, people sitting around idle because idle hands are the devil's workshop, and idle people have a tendency to gossip and to sin, and we need to know these things. The world needs to see Jesus Christ in us, that we may walk properly in relationship to those who are on the outside. And then he says, and that you may lack nothing. We're not to lack. We're not to be short on anything. None of these characteristics that Christ has put in, none of the fruit of the Spirit are to be lacking in our life. We need to seek to be complete, mature, whole Christians. And this letter helps us with that in these short little statements. So how are we doing concerning brotherly love? What are we doing to increase more and more? 
What is our aspiration as a Christian? Quiet life, mind our own business, work with our own hands? What do we lack? These are important questions. Father in heaven, help us to be discerning through the work of your Holy Spirit. Help us to engage your word in such a practical way, Father, that its sharp edge cuts into our life and cuts away the the rot, those things that are dead, unproductive, and leaves behind healthy, living, breathing characteristics that honor and glorify you. Give us wisdom and discernment. Give us a willing heart. Make us pliable and teachable. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.